In this episode, we'll be discussing sensitive topics related to gun violence. Listener discretion is advised. Good morning, and welcome to NPR's Before the Bell. I'm Sam Rabohagan. Okay, when I heard of the news, I was sitting at my daughter's softball game, and it was devastating to see that in this country. In this episode, the MHS community grapples with the May 24th elementary school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Um, I'm personally from Texas, so when my brother and I told our mom about the incident, she was immediately asking where in Texas it happened, stuff like that, in case it happened to anyone we knew to or anyone we knew was affected by. Since the infamous shooting at Columbine High School in 1999, over 300,000 children have been exposed to active gun violence in America's schools. The recent shooting in Uvalde occurred just months before the 10-year anniversary of the tragic shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012. It makes me feel, like, so disappointed. It feels like my country has failed these children. Last week's shooting in Texas is yet another episode in a series of rampages in America's schools that tragically have yet to push the needle far enough towards real change in our country. And it's an enormous source of frustration as a teacher and a parent that there seems to be absolutely no interest in addressing this problem. Today, with my fellow NPR student producers, we are bringing you perspectives from the MHS students and staff, shaped by a generation of school shootings. The Department of Homeland Security has recorded over 2,000 school shootings in America since 1970, along with over 600 gun-related student deaths and 1,900 injuries. Even outside of school buildings, America's epidemic of mass shootings continues to consume the country. So far in 2022, there have been more shootings than days in the year. Despite the high-profile nature of mass school shootings at Columbine High School in 1999, Sandy Hook Elementary in 2012, Parkland in 2018, and now Uvalde in 2022, these events continue to occur at a consistent rate. Statistically, Gun violence occurs every week on school campuses in the United States. In a country where these tragedies occur so consistently, constant reflection inevitably takes place. School communities across our country tend to take a deep look at whether they are safe enough. Whether the policies in place actually work. Here, at our school, Teachers, administrators, and students are grappling with the reality that MHS being the next school in line is rarely in our control. Today, our senior NPR student producers have gathered different perspectives from around MHS on the unfortunate reality of attending high school in a country where safety in school is less than guaranteed, and where the impetus of what happens next tends to fall on school districts because of the federal government's unwillingness to step in. No, I'm beside myself, as I think every 
educator in the country is, um, and I'm enraged. I am completely enraged that this country cannot get itself together. Why are we having to do um, lockdown drills in high schools and in elementary schools across the country? Uh, and, and it's just this, this disheartening feeling of yet again. When Sandy Hook first happened in 2012, I was in third grade. And my parents had told me how this was such a such an, such an, a crazy thing to even fathom, and how they were so nervous for my safety, and always said to me, you know, Anna, if you see, see something, say something, and you know, I love you before every single time I go to school, and it created this secondary value of like when you leave the house, like where like just being more appreciative of that um i mean there's a whole thing here with like showing your ids when you like come in at the door yeah. but like how effective is that really you know and um i mean sometimes people like a lot a lot of times people don't even do that so yeah. it's scary like thinking that especially knowing that we're an open campus like it is likely that something could happen here yeah. um there was um a threat at the Homics one year. Yeah, uh, my brother was in the middle school. Yeah. Uh, you were at the Homics at that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what was that like? Um, we all got jam packed into the gym. Hurry up! Hurry up! And then the yeah. police caught the kid. Um, but it was someone that I knew actually that threatened to shoot at the school. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, it's like, what he said. I don't see it happening, but it could. How does it make you feel? I don't know. So um, I think we have a very big responsibility in the community for families when they drop their sons and daughters off here at school that they're going to be safe. Unfortunately, uh, the way society is, sometimes they are not safe. and. I think we need to look a lot deeper into the reasons why they're not safe with gun laws and gun legislation. That needs to change immediately unless these are just going to continue to happen over and over again. I think uh, we need to do better. I think our politicians need to uh, do better with laws, do better with checkups. Um, we can't keep having we can't keep having this in our elementary schools. Um, it's, it's troubling. I mean, as a parent, um, it worries me because schools are supposed to be safe havens. And apparently that's not what it's looking like now. So, again, as a parent, I think uh, we all should be worried. So this actually came up in my house last night. My son had a game, so we didn't get home till later. Um, my wife and I debated whether or not to speak with, this, speak with him about this particular incident and actually chose not to. Um, children have been... It's been tough. A lot of them are very scared lately for a variety of reasons coming out of the pandemic. So in this particular case, we chose not to add to that. Um, However, we have spoken to them about it before when they have lockdown drills at school, it certainly comes up. It's, it's almost expected. And, and that's, that's not the country I planned on raising my child in (laughs) for sure. Um, I don't think that's what we stand for, but I also don't think that, it's something that we can't prevent, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, 
but of course, there are so many things that need to happen to, to put that into place so that we can prevent this in the future. Because we know that we used to live in a world where this didn't happen all the time. Yeah, but now we do. I know that I would do anything to protect my students. And I know what that could mean, you know. Um, but I think it's part of like the coping mechanism where you kind of tell yourself like this can't happen here this won't happen here because otherwise I think you know I'd be filled with a lot of anxiety all day long and I'm already filled with anxiety there's just so many places where shootings happen that I already feel anxious about that I feel like at school sometimes I have to compartmentalize but I also know like I think about what I would do to protect my students a lot you guys who are all my kids when you're here you are mine you know yeah bust down the door as Mr. White used to say I'd you know put my whole body you know it would be Mr. White and I would do the spiel he'd like get he'd we'd go to the door and when we did like the lockdown drills and he'd be like you know I'd get all this door and I'd be like can I get this door you know and he'd get the top but you know the reality of you know being a student where this is something that happens regularly being a parent sending your child to school which is a safe and school is a safe place but this happened again. I'm acutely aware, or I feel very strongly, that it's very difficult to be a young person right now. And everything that I do is informed by the belief that you deserve to be treated with compassion and humanity and dignity. This episode of Before the Bell was produced by Anna McDonald, Taylor Ferrarone, Jane McNally, Anna Robarts, Fatima Khan, Caitlin Carpenter, Kevin Broderick, and hosted by Sam Rabohagan. Special thanks to MHS Principal Elizabeth Klein, Custodian Victor Quinones, Counselor Robert Schwartz, Teachers Peter Green, Sarah Silverman, Elise Gellert Mullen, and Kimberly Caparasso, and Amanda Gundling's chorus class for speaking with us, and especially to the chorus class for providing our outro music for this episode. Other voices in this episode wish to remain anonymous.